You're listening to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation podcast network. Hosted by Blake Murphy 7, all about your Arizona Cardinals. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Revenge of the Birds podcast. Uh, this is going to be previewing the Niners game. Uh, we talked a little bit last time, if you missed it, had uh, Justin Higdon on going over a little bit of a preview of the 2022 draft, some state of the college football season. Always go over that during the mini-buy. Uh, but now it's time to get back to the game that matters. I've got Kyle Posey here from Niners Nation. You can follow him on Twitter at KP Show. How, first of all, before we get into it, how are you doing overall? And how are the Niners fans doing so far? As it's definitely not been a season that I think fans maybe not were expecting, but certainly it hasn't gone according to plan from after trading up and drafting uh, Trey Lance number one overall, or I should say number three overall, using two ones in order to acquire him. I'm doing well. I mean, 49ers fans, they are along for the ride. That is the emotional roller coaster known as a 49er game. Um, it doesn't really change. It seems like everything, every game is the same where you don't know what's going to happen, whether they're favored by six, whether they're underdogs by six. It seems like every game is a one possession game and you never know how it's going to turn out. Um, they got the offense got on track last game against the Bears. The big question is, will they be able to sustain it? And that's where we are here heading into the Cardinals game. Yeah, absolutely. We've got right now at least a lot of injuries. That seems to be the story. The Cardinals are getting back one of their better players in Rodney Hudson, the guy that they acquired um, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Or I should say the Oakland Raiders to stop him from going to the Kansas City Chiefs for a third round pick. Uh, he's likely coming off of IR. They're expecting him to play. But the other star players on the team, J.J. Watt, of course, is still going to be out for the season, has not actually gone on to IR yet. Um, which has kind of been curious. We thought it would have happened by now. It doesn't seem likely he's going to be able to play through it. Um, We also have DeAndre Hopkins is still dealing with his hamstring. And Kyler Murray is two days in a row of not practicing. We kind of advertised earlier in the week when we saw the line starting to shift. Um, It was guessed that he was not going to uh, practice Wednesday, probably not even practice on Thursday. We'll see what his uh, status is to go on Sunday. It seems very similar to the Dak Prescott situation where he needed probably about two weeks or so to get in. On the other side, you've got at least um, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel limited, but you've got um, uh, you've got George Kittle, the fantastic all-pro Niners tight end coming off of IR. He's been a guy that you've seen match up back and forth with Buda Baker. Uh, Kate. KP, this whole thing, at least, I felt like I, I went over and had a podcast, which you can listen to tomorrow with um, Rob Guerrero on the Niners Nation. Originally, it was like, yeah, it could be a toss-up. I'll pick Arizona. That was before A.J. Green went to the COVID protocol. Apparently, he catches COVID but doesn't catch the last throw of the game in Cardinals-Packers. What in the world are we supposed to make of these two nicked-up teams that are running into each other with probably a different quarterback matchup than the Lance Murray uh, matchup that we saw before for both guys yeah that is pretty interesting just to think about these two teams played a few weeks ago and there will be two new starting quarterbacks supposedly like we're assuming that that's going to be the case but uh, you mentioned the injury so even for the 49ers they're going to be without Javon Kinlaw who's out for the season Uh, they're missing their starting safety Jimmy Ward who is one of their best players on defense as well as he is out for a couple weeks for with a quad strain they might not have Elijah Mitchell as you mentioned Uh, Trent Williams is probably going to play Kyle Shannon said on Wednesday that if Debo, if the game were on Wednesday, Debo Samuel would not have been able to play. So who knows if he will be healthy 100 percent 
because he aggravated a calf injury. I don't know where to go with this, man. That that total is dropping. <laughs> that total is dropping very fast, and that I think that kind of tells you we're either going to have a backup quarterback in Colt McCoy or um, just Vegas isn't expecting as much, as many points as we initially had thought. Yeah, and if you're looking at DeAndre Hopkins being limited, maybe he's playing in one healthy hamstring, A.J. Green out for the game. The Cardinals are going to be, at least from their perspective, in an interesting avenue of trying to find who's going to be on the field. We saw their offense have some struggles when Hopkins was off of the field against Green Bay. Uh, he ended up coming back for a few plays, and then it took that 99-yard drive at the end of the game with Kyler Murray. Mostly did rely on A.J. Green, another catch to Christian Kirk. Uh, Chase Edmonds, I believe, had a little check down. Uh, he was able to make a man miss and pick up a first. Really, what it kind of, I think, comes down to in this avenue is when you look at the last time these two teams matched up, it really ended up being this game where Kyle Shanahan's strategy was, hey, if, Trey, if you're going to be in a spot where you're going to get rushed, go ahead and be able to take off. Um, being able to utilize him as essentially a ground-and-pound weapon uh, against the Cardinals with their you know, biggest weakness on the defense that they had was going to be uh, against the run. And I felt like when watching the game there live, it seemed that there were throws there that could be made to Debo, to Ayuk, that either just weren't kind of in the game script, weren't being taken. Arizona was down their top two corners for that game. Uh, end up escaping in part because of all those fourth down stops. And it really felt like, and this is kind of the, you know, the, the thing I think you talk about is, is with Kyle Shanahan, you always feel like that he as an offensive mind is probably like maybe designs the most beautiful running game in like all of football, you know, talk about NFL, talk about college. And when it comes to the passing game, it's all built off of being able to utilize some of those play action fakes, be able to get guys like Kittle or have a deep pass open it just feels like there's something clunky that hasn't really fit for the most part and when it seemed like he kept going for it on fourth down it was like all right we're gonna go for it on fourth down we could kick a field goal here but we want to keep the cardinals off the field see we can punch it in um the cardinals to their credit their best run defense for the most part has been having a solid offense if their offense is depleted in this regard it's going to be really interesting to see does kyle go out and trust jimmy to try to go out and put up a lot of yards he threw quite well last week or do they kind of try to go back to more of this kind of run game go for it try to keep the ball out of the explosive Arizona's offense's hands even if it's maybe not as explosive as it could be due to these injuries yeah they opened it up a little bit against Chicago last week and who knows if that's because they are the Bears and they were playing without Khalil Mack so they didn't have Mm -hmm. to worry about a pass rush but no J.J. Watt and J.J. Watt had a big impact in this game a few weeks ago. So it'll be interesting to see how they attack. I do believe that the 49ers will have some success on the ground. You mentioned how creative their running game has been. The Cardinals defense has been very good, has played very well all season. And if you just look at their numbers, just since week five, while they have been playing well, I think they are number one in EPA per play since week five. They have also allowed the fifth most explosive running play. So That's where Elijah Mitchell and the 49ers have made their hay the past couple of weeks. So I think they will be able to have some success just by, you know, um, the Cardinals defense. They are fast, but they are a little reckless and they tend to get out of their lanes. So a cutback lane might do this, might do that. And I think that'll be the difference if the 49ers offense is able to have some success. But I do think the offense will, you know, spread the ball around because George Kittle is back. And Jimmy Garoppolo said on Wednesday that he looks fresh. So having Kittle back who has, you know, just played generally well against the Cardinals and Brandon Ayuk seems to be, it seems like he's emerged from the doghouse, which 
who knows what that even means <laughs> i know right oh gosh that's been the weirdest thing of like we've got brandon Ayuk ranked this high above all these other like receivers in that 2000 and uh was it 2020 draft class and then it just seems like he's primed for a big role and then suddenly it's like we're just gonna target him once per game and it just was a weird avenue of like he had a great catch run made a guy miss and had a huge gain against the cardinals the last time they played like oh here it comes they're finally gonna start feeding him and that was like the only catch that he got until like the end of the game it was just this really strange avenue of like seeing and in some cases it's been kind of weird for people to go in and to kind of have a flip-flopping on confidence in Kyle Shanahan confidence in Cliff Kingsbury some of that I think does come down to the quarterback um some of it also is Cliff has kind of trusted guys for better or for worse to be able to make plays for their team but you talked about the Cardinals rushing attack I think part of the Cardinals defense has schematically been built around trying to be able to have really tight coverage. They're only allowing, I think it's about 198 passing yards per game. That's fourth best in the NFL. They're like almost a bottom half, bottom third team when it comes to rushing yards. It seems like this is almost an identity of a combination of, you know, relying on J.J. Watt, who's going to probably jump on some plays and miss on others, but then daring teams to run against the Cardinals, knowing if we can limit your passing attack and your explosive plays, you're then going to have to deal with Kyler Murray and the deep passing Cardinals offense. that's essentially been maybe not unstoppable, but didn't really seem like it got slowed up until ironically enough, uh, the Niners game that they had at home. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how the cornerbacks play because they've, they've kind of overemphasized their pass interference calls. Everybody watched Sunday night football. Carson Wentz just heaves it deep under throws it deep. And that's how they got a lot of their yards. Yeah. But uh, yeah. these have been an issue for the 49ers defensive backs and against the bears, they were playing so soft that they didn't want to, you know, allow the big play, but they were giving up those easy underneath completions. The question is if no AJ green, if there isn't any Deandre Hopkins, you would think that D'Amico Ryan's even the coordinator would be way more aggressive than he usually is. And he is already aggressive on passing downs on third down. So I think that they could kind of get in the Cardinals receivers face. We talked about, Christian Kirk struggling a little bit against press mm-hmm. coverage. Um, will the ghost of Andy Isabella rise, and will he be able to do anything? That is to be determined. But uh, the 49ers have yeah, to yeah, like yeah. this matchup. <laughs> if he is hobbled, and when I say he, I mean Kyler Murray, even if he does play. And if not, you, know, you want to f- force Colt McCoy to throw the ball down the field. So we shall see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just from watching in the preseason. You know, preseason is preseason, but it was interesting to see the comfort level of Colt McCoy where it was was funny. I was watching a play on the goal line and I the person next to me was under why I was laughing so much after a touchdown. It's like, why are you laughing so much? I'm like, that's the same dang play that I saw Cliff run for Pat Mahomes at scored in Arizona State. That's the same damn play that Colt McCoy ran at Texas that I saw in a game years ago. And it was just interesting to think of like the air raid with that area of comfort that there is now obviously the biggest difference being at Colt McCoy at 34 being a backup quarterback how effective is the fact that if he's going to be able to like you said can he stretch the ball down the field without having guys like Hopkins or Green who you know in one-on-one coverage can you trust the other guys behind them to jump up and come down with some of those 50-50 balls that um, Kyler's been able to do last time I know there was a whole play where uh, I think it was Hopkins had two guys on him. He essentially just kind of finds it seemed like the soft spot in zone coverage. Kyler just kind of heaves up. He comes back to the ball 
and just, you know, just Randy Mossed it, made that effort to come down with it. It was a big play. It got the Cardinals over the hump where they got that final touchdown and really put the game away. If those two guys aren't on the field, I think it's going to be the question of how at least has the Niners been doing as far as when it comes to stopping the run themselves. Will Arizona go and have this much more rush-heavy attack, try to lean on Chase Edmonds and James Conner? That's been, I think, at least if there's been a weakness for the Niners' defense. You mentioned Kinlaw not being there. That's been one of the areas per game that seems like it's been an issue. And with the safety missing, Zach Ertz is a guy that has only gotten a couple of catches. Um, He kind of just came in last minute to the Cardinals, has been still learning the playbook. I could see a situation where Christian Kirk moves outside and then they try to see if they can get mismatches with Rondell Moore or Zach Ertz. And that'll be one of the questions I'd say is if they do keep Kirk in the slot, is that going to be kind of the mismatch at least for trying to find where this Cardinals offense that normally can draw safety there? Is there going to have enough weapons that will be able to outdo where it is for the Niners, considering the fact that Arizona is going to have their whole line? I think that would be the biggest question for you is if there's an area in your game planning for this Niners defense and you're looking at what the Cardinals have, what would be kind of like your area of design or you're trying to attack? Because I feel like I would kind of try to do this lean on the run game and then try to see if I could, like you said, bait some of those safeties and utilize some of those playmakers out of the slot off of maybe a little bit more heavier play action from under center than we've seen from Cliff in years past. What are some of your thoughts for where the Cardinals could attack in this game? Yeah, I think that there's a few ways that you can attack this defense. So if I were passing against them, you want to take advantage of their perimeter corners. You want to, you have Debo Sam, you have Brandon Ayuk. So I would lean on those slants. Like the 49ers, their offense was, has been a little static. And by that, I mean, there's been times where, think about the Arizona game, when Brandon Ayuk converted a fourth down, it was on a fourth and two on a curl route. Like that's not what you want to do against press coverage. We saw last week where they were getting their guys on the move, on the run. So Ayuk was running slants from number two and number three. So they were taking advantage of getting him mismatched against whether it's linebacker, whether it's safety, whether it's a number three cornerback or even down the field Mm -hmm. where uh, crossing routes, post routes, that's the type of area or that's the area that I use or that how I use these wide receivers Um, just because they are athletic, they are fast, but you don't want them to be, you know, catching the ball while standing still running the ball. I think another big part is taking advantage of using the running backs out of the backfield. And that we saw that a little bit yesterday or sorry, yesterday, last Sunday. So Jamichael Hasey is a name that we haven't talked about. That is the third down running back for the 49ers. Mm -hmm. And he played very well last game and they only threw him the ball twice, but when he's matched up one-on-one against the linebacker, it's advantage hasty all day. So um, that's the area that I would look to attack the Cardinals is whether it's underneath, whether it's down the field, uh, throw the ball. But I also believe that with the 49ers running game, their offensive line has been very good this year. And we have not talked about that enough where um, a lot of fans, they everybody hates Mike McGlinchey, but haven't mentioned him once in the last month. So, you know, he's doing his job. Obviously, Trent Williams, probably the best left tackle in the NFL. And, the rest of the offensive line just been playing well. So they're they're rolling mm-hmm. right now. They're clicking on the rights, all the cylinders. But the real question is how much of that was just because they played the Bears and how much of that is, mm-hmm. you know, this team actually turning the corner. So that's all to be determined. 
Right. I, uh, I think back at least to how you look at the the biggest difference that I at least saw was, and maybe you can say it was schematic, maybe he's just playing the Bears. When Jimmy had his best games, it was when he was pushing the ball downfield, when he was kind of having, I think it was uh, at least 11 or 10 yards per attempt. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, against the Detroit Lions for that blowout win that, you know, the defense maybe let up a little bit in the second half, and that's just the NFL teams can kind of close in when they start having to throw the ball more. Uh, same with Chicago. It felt like that there was a lot more of this aggressive Jimmy that you got to see, and then I was also utilizing some of his legs on the goal line, I think, as well. I remember like him celebrating after that. Um, I think it was either one of the rushing touchdowns that he had. Uh, that's a hard thing to do, though, because when you look at some of the other games that have been there, really there's been some other struggles that we've seen where it just hasn't been nearly as aggressive for the most part. And then, the, like you said, is that, that they got an easier defense with a rough secondary in the Bears and now playing a Cardinal secondary that is a lot stronger and unlike last time is healthy, uh, that's going to be something I think that's going to be really interesting to find out from a matchup area since um, we do know at least that the Cardinals are going to have Zayvon Collins is expected to be able to play. Um, that's something that's been super helpful. We've seen at least that when the Cardinals have had their full staple of linebackers and J.J. Watt, they've been at least a solid run defense when it comes time to, you know, stopping guys on, you know, third and short, fourth and short. Where we saw against the Packers in previous weeks was when they had to go to a smaller guy in Tanner Vallejo while still trying to, you know, keep Isaiah Simmons in coverage, which has been a strength. They just were able to get gashed on third and two, third and threes, um, right up the middle. So, it, and Zayvon Collins was out with a shoulder injury from that game. So, it is kind of interesting to see, like, where some of these injuries, some guys are coming back that will help. Some guys are just going to be out of the game. Um, I'm very curious to see if we get aggressive Jimmy this week. Um, the 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is legendary because he had, I think it was like a total of 800 yards and eight touchdowns against just the <laughs> Cardinals defense. And it was like that point where just like if you look at his statistics, at least outside of the playoffs in those games, you're like, all right, they just kind of ran Raheem Mostert right up the gut for everyone with this crazy game. That was kind of the one game where everyone's like felt like Jimmy had kind of arrived. He was being aggressive. He was able to use his legs to extend plays. If that's the Jimmy Garoppolo that you get and it's Colt McCoy on the other side, I think the Cardinals are in trouble. Now, that being said, I'm curious for your take. If you were with the Cardinals trying to attack the Niners defense, what would be the areas that you would target for the most part going through? Because I feel like that if you don't have Hopkins, you don't have Green, you're going to be doing a lot of work out of the slot. And it's going to be interesting to see how that lines up. You know, you talked about, you know, Andy Isabella. I think of him and I think it's the Niners receiver, Dante Pettis. That's like the Spider-Man pointing meme. Like those are the two guys who are second round picks were supposedly going to be great players in college and, you know, college were productive and just never panned out at the NFL level. Um, if he ends up being one of the guys you have to rely on for Arizona, that's that's going to be a rough situation. So how would you try to attack this Niners defense and where do you think they would be susceptible? Yeah, what you can do is you can hit these guys on the outside. And by that, I mean Emmanuel Mosley. He's played fine, but there are times when, again, they've just been so passive on the outside, on the perimeter, where you can have those underneath routes, whether it's a slant, whether it's a curl, whether it's a 15-yard comeback or whatever. So I'd say isolation routes, which seems like it plays right into the Cardinals' hands. That's just a question mm -hmm. of will it be to A.J. Green or will it, to be, will it be to Christian Kirk? So – um, I would attack the outside. 
It's not going to be to AJ Green. I know that's <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah. Oh man, that he's just turned. He's kind of had one of the best like recovery stories in Arizona, and now he's kind of been the scapegoat in a whole lot of different ways, which has been uh, it's been interesting to see just in how things can change very quickly. Although uh, you could probably say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers, but that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking of liars. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say at least for all of that, it was just one of the areas that I think a lot of Cardinals fans looked at were like, okay, here's uh, here's AJ Green, you know, he's just dropping the pass, not turning around. It was just this weird avenue of, um, oh gosh, it was just really interesting to think at least for a lot of Cardinals fans where I think it said that AJ Green, for whatever reason, was like getting paid by, I think the best joke I saw, uh, 72 Dolphins basically were yelling at AJ Green, look this way, don't turn around, and then popping champagne after everything went down. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's great. Hey, um, so yeah, I think that was the question I was going to say. Is, is there any other areas you think as far as, for while I'm talking on kind of this area, where the Cardinals could attack the the Niners front, uh, especially because right now what I think is there's been a story of almost kind of a tale of two pass rushers where what we've seen, I think, with Nick Bosa has been this effective player overall that by all accounts has been the guy that we thought he was going to be. There's been obviously a few injuries and nicks that he's had, but overall he's at least having a, I would say at least maybe not elite, but he's having probably a really solid year right now, at least for the most part. Whereas Chandler Jones on the other side has just kind of vanished after those first five sacks uh, against Taylor Lewan and whoever's behind Taylor Lewan in Tennessee. It's been interesting to kind of feel like that Nick Bosa overall is trending up to get to one of those next big pass rusher contracts like the TJ Watts. And it feels kind of like Chandler Jones has been drifting back to the other end. And I, I was going to say earlier, um, didn't even talk about how Marcus Golden and the Cardinals, whenever a team seems to run outside zone, it's just Arizona never seems to be able to play contain properly with either Chandler or Marcus. Uh, but besides the point, when it comes to the pass rush in these different scenarios, do you think that the Niners have the edge on Arizona with their whole staple on their offensive line? Or is this going to be kind of a spot where because the Niners can be run on, that's maybe the best way to try to protect your quarterback is by trying to run the football. Yeah, that's a good question because Nick Bosa has been fantastic. So he has seven sacks on the season. Uh, they have done a great job just as far as um, getting him one-on-one -on -one matchups. So seven sacks, he has 16 hurries, but he's hit the quarterback 14 times. So when he gets into the backfield, it goes very well. And the problem is they need help from everybody else. So I mentioned D, mm -hmm. uh, D Ford. He hasn't played more than 33% of the snaps since week one. So he's been a problem. Or that's been an issue with his lack of playing time because they were counting on him. Um, Eric Armstead, he's a guy that can generate pressure, but he's never been a finisher. And when you just talk about the 49ers defense in general, they are good on a down-to-down -down basis. But whether it's the lack of pass rush not stepping up, whether it's the coverage, um, they, they have issues as far as giving up the big play, and whether that's on the ground whether that's through the air, that tends to come back to bite them. And then when it's not that, it's penalties. So they've been shooting themselves in the foot time and time and time again. And that's what's going to be – What I imagine that's what it's going to come down to on Sunday, if they can just get out of their own way because they have a ton of good players. Uh, Nick Bosa, yeah, I talked about Eric Armstead. I want to see what they can do inside and if they can force the Cardinals to be one-dimensional. And by that I mean um, just – always second down second and long third and long if they can force kyler into or kyler kirk kyler colt whoever is under center um oh, cliff kyler kirk right. colt like there's just chris that's the third stringer it's just we understand cliff you, you you understand that you're cliff kingsbury 
We know you like the sound. You just get some guy like just I don't know. Maybe that's why Brett Hundley's no longer on the team. It just didn't fit. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it'll just come down to them forcing the Cardinals, making them one-dimensional in second and long, third and long. And, and if that can happen, I, I like the 49ers' odds in this game. Um, but what you don't want to do against this Cardinals team is let them get ahead of the chains. That way, Chase Edmonds and Chase Edmonds can do his thing, and then they have the lead, and that way you're not tackling. James Conner in the fourth quarter, which sounds terrible, and no team has been able to do that so far. Yeah, that Conner at least has kind of moved into the role that, you know, I think I felt like it was strongest coming out of Pitt, which was not to be a workhorse three down back, but a back that you could essentially be able to use as like a thunder and lightning a type where even if you had a little bit more of an elusive or pass catching back that you could utilize early, like you mentioned with Chase, who you know can catch a ball, can be a bit more elusive or be able to have some good change of direction. And then later in the game, you just turn the ball over or even in the red zone, turning it over to Connor. Um, he's just been at least, uh, I think they've got the Cardinals, despite the fact that they don't really have, a, I don't think anyone would say that they are, you know, greater, even like these high level running backs, but Arizona as an offense is on pace to have about 900 rushing yards with chase and 700 from Connor. So you can tell that it is just not just a running back by committee, but cliff has kind of tailored those different plays to some of those players. And it's at least a nice benefit that, you know, you don't necessarily have to take Connor off the field because he can't catch uh, the ball. He's done fine when they've had to be able to throw to him, out of the backfield uh, what's interesting i think that we could see in some of this game we'll talk about next would be what i think we'll call the qb packages which um the cardinals said this week that they're expecting and preparing for at least one or two trey lance packages to come on to use the athleticism how's his health status been because that's one of the questions where sometimes you'll see the cardinals coaches like oh yeah we expect this player will do fine we expect they'll do good and then really it ends up being kind of either lip service or like one of the cases i think of at least is you know, you mentioned Mike McGlinchey playing well, the respect for him. He had a couple penalties in that Cardinals game that really was really hurtful, and part of that was Chandler Jones being able to get after him. You just didn't hear anything about that, you know, from in front before they played the players like that. It's just you want to kind of keep some of that edge. What do you think would be the possibility, at least, of seeing, you know, Trey Lance come back on? Because after that Cardinals game was done, it was like he was just took a beating. Um, that one play and the hit that Isaiah Simmons put on him basically sent Simmons to, you know, I think it was a concussion tent. Uh, he came back a little bit later, but it was just this brutal, like, how is Trey Lance, like, still playing after taking one of those crazy types of hits? What do you think may be something that Arizona could expect, or is it going to be much more of the Jimmy Garoppolo show, do you think, on Sunday? Yeah, Kyle Shannon spoke about that a little bit. And he, what he said was since Lance hadn't practiced most of the prior week, that he wasn't just going to throw him out there because he was suffering from that, that injury. Um, he's not on the injury report this week. And that might mean we might see packages from Trey Lance. But again, um, it's been the Jimmy Garoppolo show. It was Jimmy Garoppolo show last weekend. Based on how they played, it's tough to imagine that that will change. Kyle Shannon, every time he speaks about this quarterback situation the 49ers are in, he makes it seem like it's Jimmy's show, like it's Jimmy's job, and it's tough to find a spot to put Trey in. So uh, they ran a couple. Mm. They ran a quarterback design run last week with Jimmy near the goal line, and he scored yeah. a touchdown. Two touchdowns, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, Great. that's why you draft Trey Lance number three to, to run Jimmy near the goal line. But um, I really don't think we will see much of Trey Lance. It would have to take Jimmy just being inconsistent, and of course, that has happened for for the record. The, even though the score was 33-22, the offense was not clicking in the first half. And that wasn't Jimmy's fault by any mean, but I don't know. I don't think we see a situation where 
Trey Lance is playing much in Arizona unless, you know, the wheels are falling off on offense. As I say, the wheels falling off. The other area, of course, being Garoppolo's health is another factor, at least that we've right. seen, where there's been obviously times in that he's missed games. That's really, I think, what the NFL is. You look at if guys can go, they can go. And if they miss games, you usually only want to see them miss one game. Um, and that's kind of been the avenue that we've seen, at least, of like, you know, you talk about Cooper Rush being able to come in and get a win while Dak Prescott was out. Jimmy, even, that was his MO when Tom Brady had uh, decided at least to keep their footballs a little bit deflated. Uh, they had Garoppolo coming in for a couple of different games, at least. And he was able to get a win against the Cardinals, even, uh, despite the fact that there was no Brady and uh, no Gronk. And I think it just crushed the Cardinals so much that they basically had uh, every member of that team, it seems like, just kind of fell off of the face of the earth outside of you know, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. And then about a season later, it seemed like the wheels fell off of just about everyone else except for except for the defense. So one of the questions that I have that's related to talking about the Lance Garoppolo package is just with the athleticism at the quarterback position. Obviously, there's no replacing Kyler Murray. Um, the fact that he's been able to utilize his legs in a way of not being able to just get rushing yards this year. Last year, it was like if he didn't hit 60 rushing yards, Cardinals weren't going to win the game. They just needed that production. This year, he's improved as a passer. His weapons have improved, and he's been running more to extend the play. What's been different is if Kyler's not in this game, all of a sudden you go from you know 24-year-old Kyler to 34-year-old Colt McCoy. There's a very big difference there. I'm curious if the Cardinals would look at potentially having a few packages, maybe even on like fourth down plays, uh, for their third-string quarterback, Chris Streveler, who is the Canadian football legend, at least, who, you know, is going around shirtless in a fur coat, you know, just swilling down beer after he won them a a CFL championship. Do you think that with the Niners, when it comes to being able to play rushing quarterbacks, so far, if you wanted to take a look and see, like, what would be their best test, you'd look kind of at Jalen Hurts, and he rushed for about 82 yards on 10 carries against the Niners, and that really was just not really passing that test when it comes to the running quarterbacks. Is this something that Arizona could potentially exploit by maybe not going full two-quarterback system, but by maybe having a few packages to take advantage of the running skills that Chris Traveler has? Yeah, that would be something that I would look into just because if you look at every mobile quarterback the 49ers have faced in the past few years, they've struggled. And look no further than last week. So Justin Fields, whenever he needed to extend the play, he did. And, of course, you're going to go mm-hmm. to that fourth down one where he made seemingly everybody on the 49ers defense miss. But there were some yeah. times where he would just drop back, nobody was open, and he would run and he would extend the play, whether it was 10 yards, whether it was 12 yards, whether it was 15 yards, and he would keep the Bears ahead of the chains because of that. And often he would put them in scoring position because of that. So I would think so. And the reason is that, well, I guess the reason the 49ers might have some success is because – they're going to get their starting linebacker back in Aziz Shire. So Marcel Harris, Demetrius Flanagan-Foles, those were guys that, who were on the field last week, and that led to a lot of missed tackles. The big issue has been open field tackling, but at the same time, it's tough to be mad at what the 49ers have done on the field just because the players that they're relying on are not players that they were relying on to start the season. So, yes, I would. I would lead on mobile quarterbacks just because of the space and the conflict that they create for a defense. Um but again, what like what are you going to expect from Colt McCoy? Is that going to is that going to ruin your offensive game plan if you're just shuffling in a mobile guy just to get a yard or a possession series here and there? Yeah, I'm really curious if um, we saw last year when the Cardinals didn't really get to prepare for Streveler as well. 
Um, they had Kyler Murray went out with an injury in the Rams game, and Stravler just looked like lost. They had the same game plan, essentially, didn't make any in-game adjustments. Uh, it'll be really curious if they do know that Kyler is going to be out to see what Cliff may do as far as um, some of the planning. I want to kind of go at least and um, talk a bit about some of the futures of um, the two teams with this season. Part of it is when you look at the NFC, there's it's just everything is stacked as far as all of these seven and one teams this year. The rest of the NFC is just pretty much wide open. Like you, you look at the teams that are there, it's like all right, the Panthers are at four and four. Sam Darnold at least turned into a pumpkin after week two. It seems like you're talking about you know the Saints team that lost Jameis Winston for a year. Um, each of the different teams have been exposed with that one loss for the most part that they've had on top. When it comes to the future of the Niners this season, is this a team that maybe can look at this and say, hey, like, this is an opportunity. Like, could we be able to go down the stretch, get a couple of these games against NFC West opponents and be able to make it to the playoffs as maybe a later seed? Uh, what are some of your thoughts, at least, about the future of the season, how the strength of schedule lines up? Because, honestly, when you're talking about teams that have proven it and have been there compared to the other teams Really, the Niners and Seahawks are probably the teams that stand out from the rest of the pack, especially now that the Saints are going to be looking at, you know, Trevor Simeon or the highest paid tight end of the league in Taysom Hill as their quarterback. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree strongly that there is a chance that the 49ers are one of those last couple wildcard teams. So outside of the division, they have the Jaguars, they have the Vikings, they have the Bengals, they have the Falcons, and they have the Titans and the Texans. So you would think that they would win the majority of those games. And the other two divisional opponents outside the Cardinals, they just play the Seahawks and the Rams twice. So they still have not played the Rams. They have Vaughn Miller now, and we know what that means. It's going to be tough to beat the Rams. But no Kyler Murray, they might look out with the Cardinals injury, um, the injuries that they're facing this week. So I think that they win this week. Um Outside of that, though, they're going to have to string some wins together, and that's the case for any to any of these teams. Um, you don't want to get behind the eight ball like the 49ers are. Thankfully for the Cardinals, for as for Cardinal fans anyway, um, they are so far ahead of the eight ball just because they got off to a hot season that with all the injuries, they can still afford to drop a couple of games here and there and still likely, even if they don't win the NFC West, they'll probably sneak into the, or get into the playoffs because uh, they are ahead. But I like. I do think the 49ers have a chance to make the playoffs. I think that they are going to benefit from a last-place schedule. I also think they're going to be mm-hmm. benefit just because um, I, when you look around the NFC, no teams really scare you outside of the top ones that are almost locks to make the playoffs anyway. So um, yeah. I think it's going to be the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, you're not scared. Outside of the teams that have guys playing at an MVP level at quarterback. Right, right. Basically, and some of that, even with Brady, he hasn't been playing at an MVP level, but you're also looking at a Buccaneers defense that has no corners right now. Like, they're not even attempting to run on Vita Vea, and they just know they can throw all day. And he's got no Gronk and no Antonio Brown. And it's like, that was two of the guys that helped carry them ultimately. Yes down the stretch and to start the year so it is one of those avenues like you said that's going to be really interesting you know you've got it's not like the games are easy upcoming for the Niners like you know you're going to have a game against the Rams you said the following week Um, there's some parts that's going to be interesting to to Russell Wilson's status um, seeing what goes on as far as the Vikings are that one team that it's just like you said if you don't know what to make of the Niners this year I feel like you do know what to make of the Vikings and it's that even when they're impressive they'll find a way to disappoint you uh it's like they're just I don't know it's just it's been bizarre for that and you have the Bengals at least for the most part and then obviously the finish to the season is really interesting now with Derrick Henry out for potentially up until the playoffs 
Um, that's going to be something I think that will be interesting to see as far as for going on the road as that final stretch of Falcons, Titans, Texans, Rams. Like if the Seahawks get Russell Wilson back and he's able to rattle off a game or two, it may turn into a pretty competitive uh, NFC West, I think, down in the end. There's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance that all four teams get in. But again, the 49ers and the Seahawks, they started off so slow that they can't afford to slip up against teams like the Vikings or teams like the Falcons. So um, while it yeah. sounds good now, they, they have, they've made it, they've done a great job of shooting themselves in the foot. And, and I don't want to give them credit or don't want to assume that that's just going to stop happening all of a sudden. Yeah, I was going to say, and then if you guys lose to the Jaguars, at least for all that, like, I don't care if it's on the road, like, if you lose to the Jaguars, just toss your name back into Deshaun right. Watson trade rumors, just like the Dolphins did, like, all right, blow it all up, this is it, it doesn't care how many, you know, you know, all these other assaults and places, and just, uh, just, nope, all right, we're going to blow it all up. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, speaking at least of all of that blowing up, one of the things I think for Arizona, we can talk about how Arizona looks the rest of the season. One change that happened this week that had, I think, in a lot of ways, bigger ramifications for Arizona was uh, the Aaron Rodgers COVID designation. Uh, two things kind of came out of that, obviously. The first one being at least that Rodgers, while he didn't technically maybe lie as far as, you know, with vac- his vaccination status, we really got to see at least that they lied through the behavior that he had of, you know, not following a lot of the different protocols, other areas. Maybe he kind of isn't going to get that much besides, you know, a fine and ruining it for everyone else who's kind of been able to skate on by without having to be stringent on some of the protocols. And now there's going to be, you know, more of an investigation. But because of the choice that he did, he doesn't really have a chance to get activated before Saturday. The Cardinals, at least right now, are tied with them at seven and one record wise. But head to head, the Packers would be in first place. The fact that the Cardinals play the Dallas Cowboys this season, they have a tied record with. They're one game ahead of the Bucks. They also play the Rams this season. You don't ever want to have, like, sacrifice Kyler Murray's health as far as if you can't go and you play him anyway and suddenly he's out for the season, then you feel like there's a lot more you can regret. But if the Packers lose with Jordan Love on Sunday, and if Rodgers maybe isn't even able to come back the following week, depending on, you know, what goes on as far as with COVID, my guess is that they'll try to make it work. But if that happens and the Packers drop a game, suddenly the Cardinals would be in control of their own destiny and entering one of the easier parts of their schedule what are your thoughts at least on the cards is this a team that you know is able to make the playoffs as far as for you know maybe they're in a team that doesn't end up beating the rams but they tie with them twice because they're able to blow them out one time and maybe see if they can escape with another victory like what does arizona's schedule look like is this a team that is a playoff team a team that should be trying to go all in and say that this is a super bowl worthy squad it feels like there's a lot of people at least who really didn't buy arizona up until that browns game it seemed like and i kept watching people picking them to lose every single week until like they finally did lose and it was interesting enough since they lost the game they should have won against the packers and like you said they've got a couple of games in place they probably should be a two loss team right now um but that Vikings game where they missed that extra point, you kind of got a little bit back from that. So when it comes to the NFL, you don't want to drop two games in a row. Should Arizona maybe push it a bit with either Kyler playing or try to go out to be able to win this game to control their destiny? Or is this a spot where you really are going to look at this as you can't just go ahead and try to throw everything away on one game because you want to make sure that you get guys back healthy in time for the playoffs. What are your thoughts on Arizona and how their future season looks? Yeah, it's tricky just because I want to see how they match up against this version of the Rams. I want to see how they match up against just the best teams in the NFC. Uh, They're not going to play 
anybody, I think, in the upper echelon. Like, we'll see how healthy Dak, er, Dak is come the end of the season when they play the Cowboys. But um, I do think they make the playoffs. The reason that people have been picking against the Cardinals, they have history that shows the Cardinals are going to just crumble. And that's under Cliff Kingsbury. So I understand why that is the case. We have been given no reason to trust Cliff Kingsbury. However, they have got a lot of good players. And when you have a lot of good players, it's easy to um, bet on those guys. So I do think the Cardinals will make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make any noise in the playoffs just because of their style of play. I don't think that's really playoff style of football. Um, it'll all come down to Kyler. You, you imagine if he does sit this week, he will get rest. I know the GM was talking a little bit about they want to get to their bye week, but that's like three three weeks away. So what are you going to do? You're going to sit your players for a few weeks and hope that everything goes right. That's not how the NFL works. You don't want to fall too far behind. They, they don't have a tough schedule. They don't have an easy schedule. It's kind of middle of the pack. I don't know, man. It's a little bit weaker. I, I think it's where if you look at the Packers, I think of as far as strength of schedule goes, which can change. We've seen some teams that right. I think of the Bucks starting off slow and then just creaming every team on their way to the Super Bowl for the most part. Um, the Cardinals, I think it's somewhere around like in the 20s, but that's kind of the biggest thing at least is you also have to play in the NFC West, and that automatically is, raises your strength of schedule. Right just because of the nature of where it is. So yeah, that's um, why it's going to be interesting. Because yeah. they have, they play losing teams, but one of those losing teams, the 49ers, two of those losing teams, the Seattle Seahawks, those are divisional games. Yeah. In my mind, no matter what the spread is, all of these are coin flips. You have no idea what is going to happen in those games. So I'm not going to lean toward the Cardinals. I'm not going to lean toward their opponent in those situations. Right. Yeah, last year was interesting with Arizona. They did get beat up. Some of the advantage that Arizona had, honestly, as you looked at their schedule, they probably should have made the playoffs in 2020. Their opening part to the schedule was, after they beat the Niners, it was you know Washington with Haskins. It was a Lions team that started off 0-2 and eventually sent Matt Stafford packing. The Panthers team with Teddy, a Jets team that just was, this is the Adam Gase Jets for the most part. Like They were lucky to get to 10 points. And then you back up at least in Andy Dalton. So really, Arizona should have probably started off if you're looking at that six and zero. Instead, they started off four and two by dropping two games. It's like okay, we, we can't really put too many eggs in the basket of Arizona being able to be a playoff caliber team this year. And they did end up having a lucky win against a team like the Bills, escaped against the Seahawks. But we got to see as far as time went on that attrition kind of wore them down. And at the end of the season, they had two ga- two games left. Uh, one of those games against the Niners. And San Fran just ran the ball efficiently with C.J. Beth and were able to run them out of town. Uh, it'll be interesting Beth. to see, like you said. Oh, gosh. It's just one of those weird avenues where it's just like, you know, the the fact that I think Josh Rosen is 2-0 against the uh, the Niners is as weird of a stat or a factoid as how C.J. Beathard's record seems to be against Arizona. It's just it's weird as far as for how sometimes these quarterbacks come in are just able to make things work for the most part. So uh, that's kind of the future of some of the season. We'll see where it goes. I do think at least a lot of Arizona's season will depend on, you know, when it comes to playoffs, do they get J.J. Watt back for the playoffs? Is he effective? And is their offensive line and their other weapons able to stay healthy? Because the Cardinals have enough depth to get by at one or two spots, but we saw against the Packers, 
Uh, they went from a team that was probably going to be cruising to about 33, 34 points a week. They scored 21, probably should have had one more touchdown again with A.J. Green. But when you get down to like your third string center, you get down to your top two receivers out. It gets really hard to be able to win some of those different types of games for the most part. Uh, do you think at least with the Niners and some of their scheduling when Russell Wilson comes back, is there going to be a chance that they do turn the turn the ball over to Trey Lance for the most part? And like, let's say that things go a little bit south or there's more injuries. Is this a spot where we could end up seeing maybe not the Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick handoff, but could there be areas where they hand the ball off to Lance because they're winning or they hand the ball off to Lance just say, all right, might as well go ahead. We got the Texans on the schedule. Let's go ahead and put Trey out there because we know he can at least, you know, be able to, if no, he can't torch the Texans and we're in some serious trouble here. I think Jimmy would have to be pretty unplayable for them to just turn over the entire offense to him. So Shanahan, every time he speaks, he's made it clear that Jimmy is a starter. Every time he speaks, and what everybody is saying is that this was supposed to be a redshirt year for Lance, and they're trying to build Jimmy's value up and recoup picks in the offseason. Of course, that has to go perfectly for it to happen. So Jimmy has not played to that level yet. Yes, he had a good game against Chicago, but he needs to do it against a contender. Arizona is a contender, so we will see how that goes this week. But Ian Rappaport even said last week that the before after the Colts game, if this continues, then they, they will have no choice to turn over to Trey Lance. But again, um, I think that Kyle thinks in his mind, Jimmy gives him the best chance to win and he knows the offense and he gives like he can do, he can run his offense. I don't believe that he thinks that Trey Lance knows the offense well enough to run the entire offense. And that's a big reason why Jimmy will continue to be the starter. So I think it's going to be his job and for better or for worse, Garoppolo is going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the matchup. I know the biggest thing I think that Sunday, if there is a thing for Cardinals fans who are looking at this, like, oh, gosh, like Kyler might be out. The Cardinals, Watts out, like all of these places. Arizona has played exceptional on the road this year. They've really played worse at home than they have on the road, especially when it comes to um, on the defensive side of the ball. They gave up 33 to the Vikings, the Packers, at least. We talked about how they weren't scoring points, but they're able to at least convert yards. Their best home game that they did have was really against the uh, Houston Texans. And that's only just because after quarter one, it was 5-0 Texans. The Cardinals offense looked completely out of place. And then it was just like, uh, as soon as they scored a touchdown, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. This is the Texans. And they just cruised to a 31-5 win after that. Um, even though they did lose J.J. Watt for the likely the season at that point. So that is one thing if you're a Cardinals fan looking for something to kind of latch on to. It'll be interesting if this team, which plays better on the road, and by playing better, I mean like they're beating teams by double digits on the road and it's not close. That would be something I think you can watch for as far as sometimes teams it just ends up being luck of the draw for how it turns out. Sometimes teams just end up functioning a little bit better for, uh, for one reason or another. Let's kind of end the show talking about a little bit of the future overall. Um, obviously Arizona, a lot of people are going to probably pick them to have a bright future specifically due to Kyler, you know, at 24 being able to have an MVP caliber season. That's one of the things that you just want to have a quarterback that's in your possession that can put up one of those, you know, top five, top 10 seasons year in and year out for the most part. Um, the rest of the division's got a 33-year-old Stafford, a 32-year-old Russ, who we'll see if he even wants to be uh, a Seahawk next year. He already <laughs> kind of argued that he wanted to be a Bear, a Raider, or a Saint, which it's like, I'm not, not going to get traded. But if I was going to get traded, it's like the O.J. Simpson of tweets or something that I think that Adam Schefter sent out there. of like, I'm not saying that I did it, but if I did do it, then it's like, all right. All right. 
when it comes to the future with everything behind with Trey Lance, a lot of that future, I think, has come down to what is going to go on with Kyle Shanahan moving forward. What's going to be kind of what we're seeing from Trey Lance? It really feels like it's hard to judge it because we've just not seen what we've expected to see as far as what the Niners. I remember in the preseason, you had that huge, I think it was like 75-yard bomb, and everyone's like, all right, you got to start Trey. Jimmy just can't make these type of throws. He's not the same type of rushing threat. What kind of is the future, at least for the most part, going on? Because I feel like the Niners' future is tied to how does this Kyle and Trey Lance marriage work out in the midst of you know having a solid, if not elite, defense that you've got in San Fran that you know is maybe a couple players short for that one of just needing to get some healthy bodies and it just feels like that every year with the Niners and then in Arizona's side they've got this team of veterans who are like all turning 30 plus or so the next year they're gonna have to actually hit on more draft picks than just drafting a linebacker in the first round or maybe that's just what Steve Kime does for the next decade I, I don't know hopefully it's not gonna be a decade of that what do you think at least is the feeling of the future of some of these teams as far as for in the long term especially if you know, we're talking about three years down the road and Kyler and Trey may be the only quarterbacks potentially still standing uh, with their current teams in the NFC West. Yeah, I think the difference is the 49ers have a strong young core. So George Kittle, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. If Trey Lance turns into anything, uh, they will have a lot of building blocks to build around. So I like the prospects of the 49ers long term. And that's like who knows what they're going to get from Javon Kinlaw in the long run. Um, I feel it seems like anything right now would just be, you know, icing on the cake. But I think San Francisco has a strong opportunity to be good, not only this year, but in the future. Kyler Murray, like for the Cardinals, when you look at them, who are their building blocks? I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be good for a long time. I also think he's probably going to be battling injuries for a long time. I don't think you can count on J.J. Watt. I don't think you can count on um, A.J. Green just at this point in their career. This is, this is who they are. They're probably going to be banged up here and there. Um, you have to wonder, will their talent that is young develop? So on the defensive side, whether it is like their linebackers that they invested in, when you invest that highly in players, those guys have to turn into players. So we will see. I think the, there's going to be a question mark in Arizona about those guys. But, again, they have Rondo Moore, and I think he is a good player. It is just going to come down to can they expand his role? Will he be a guy who is just a gadget player? Or is he going to be somebody that you can actually rely on on offense? I don't really trust what the Seahawks are doing. I don't know what they're doing. Obviously, you have Tyler Lockett. Obviously, you have DK Metcalf. But outside of that, there are a ton of question marks. As long as the Rams have Aaron Donald. They got Gabe Denver. Jackson in trade, though. The <laughs> oh. offensive line is totally – oh, no. Oh, oh no. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love the Rams' philosophy. I love their mindset because of that. I think they're just going to keep swinging for the fences, trading picks for good players. And there's nothing wrong with that because why not spend a first, second, third, whatever they, whatever it is that they're going to do on an established player, knowing that drafted a 150-pound receiver, drafted backup linebackers. Like, that's what they're using their picks on anyway. So if that's the case, go get a guy who you know is already good, you know you can count on in the NFL. So I do like the prospects of the Rams moving forward. If I were to rank them, I would probably say Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting because the the biggest change that we saw with going into the season was you could have said, all right, Cardinals probably need to force a corner in the first round. I felt like that they needed to go and take a weapon, get a receiver, um, especially just because – 
we didn't know what A.J. Green was going to be. He's only on a one-year deal. He's 33, like you said. There's not really the ability to trust that. Or a Christian Kirk, who hasn't exploded or had maybe. They were hopefully envisioning him to kind of take over for Fitzgerald in the slot. He's finally shown stuff this year, but it hasn't been on a consistent enough basis. It still has been ultimately kind of the Hopkins and uh, A.J. Green show on the outside. And then Kirk, when he gets his one-on-one matchups, they're able to take advantage of that. Um, it's going to be interesting because with Byron Murphy and then Marco Wilson being kind of the surprise hit that we had, like, you know, you talk about, you know, Fred Warner is a guy that people probably didn't expect was going to blow up in the same way that he did. Um, if you find a fourth round corner who can at least start for you, as far as that, that is like what you said, some of that young talent that's there. But really, like the biggest difference between those other teams in Arizona is that Arizona still has a lot of their first and second round picks. The question is, are you going to be able to use them well? I think that's something that is going to be really interesting, like you said, to see, um, especially because they at least identified we need to get stronger and tougher up front because if we get run over like we did against the Niners last year, it's part of why it went into drafting Zayvon Collins and making him a inside linebacker rather than the edge rusher, which some people had talked about. Um, yeah, it's, and then, like you said with more, it is going to be one of those avenues where the biggest thing, at least, is each team is kind of an area or a route of success. Like you said, the young core for the Niners, Arizona, it's can you hand off the ball from these older veteran players to some of those younger guys and actually like start hitting on those draft picks. For the Rams, I think your goal is don't become the Chiefs because we've seen the Chiefs have been that team. They basically spent up all their money, all of their cap, and then all of a sudden their players just suddenly hit a wall and they're playing Chris Jones, one of the best defensive tackles, is suddenly now having to be a DN Ed rusher. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like you got away with Daniel Sorensen for a number of years. Now you just don't have a lot of the talent and you drafted McCole Hardman instead of, you know, and now your whole entire offense looks like it's broken because you haven't really been able to hand off, you know, with all that you've invested, all that you've given up, it just hasn't really been able to pay off. That's the kind of thing, at least with the Rams, that's going to be very interesting because I look at them and I see, like you said, a team that, might just be able to retool year in and year out by getting good players that can then make those plays. On the other hand, I also think of the 2015 Arizona Cardinals and how quickly they just dropped off as far as for their talent level because that was another team of veterans at kind of invested. They went all in. They got Chandler Jones for this trying to make a huge run, and it just kind of ended up falling off. So that's something I think that will come down to them and McVay in the division as well. Um, when it comes down to it, it is ultimately, though, about Sunday first. So let's make our predictions as we wrap up tonight. I said on the earlier Niners Nation pod, which should be dropping on Saturday, I picked 21-17 Arizona. I said I feel like Arizona still has a bit more of that, you know, either not just talent, but also just that edge of wanting to try to control their own destiny, playing better on the road. I feel like now that A.J. Green is out, I feel like that it's suddenly I would flip that and say I would pick the Niners to be able to win. I feel like it's not going to be a huge offensive explosion. These teams just have too many guys who can make plays on defense uh, for me to think that one team is going to be able to get the edge on the other. Uh, turnovers obviously can change that. What would be your score prediction for the game on Sunday? Yeah, I think it's going to be 23-17. I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball, and it's just going to, be, it's going to come down to who can convert in the red zone. Um, it might be sloppy at first. I think the game will pick up as the game goes along and while – both of the offenses get comfortable. So 23-17, 49ers. I do think the 49ers will win um, What just because of everything that's going on with Arizona. Who knows who will play? So that will go a long way in, you know, these predictions. But I just like the matchup. I, I thought that the 49ers would cover last game. They did not, obviously. But 
They had their I picked them to cover, too. I, we were on the yeah. podcast. I was like, I'm telling you, I'm picking the Niners to cover. And then it was a slow-scoring game, at least. They, if they converted one of those, like, fourth-down plays yes. or kicked a field goal, like, once or twice, they would have covered. And so it was like, all right, good on Arizona. They can stop you on fourth down. They're daring teams to run it on fourth down. And it's good on them. It's bad for people who basically bet on the Niners to cover because of a couple of those fourth down stops and it was just a weird avenue for that so <laughs> yeah so I imagine that the again I think Elijah Mitchell is going to have success I think just because Brandon Ayuk is integrated into the offense that the complement of him Debo and now you add in George Kittle will be the difference for the 49ers offense so I like them to cover and I think that Colt McCoy having a turnover will be the difference in the ball game. Yeah, that's going to be interesting with Cole. I remember last year it was against the Seahawks. He got his one win and subbing in for Daniel Jones. I even told uh, people on our podcast, I said, I would rather face Daniel Jones than Colt McCoy because I feel like that you always know that Daniel's good for at least two turnovers a game, one usually through the year and then one on the ground. Uh, sometimes it's two or three on the ground. I think that would be the biggest area where if Arizona is able to find a way to come after Jimmy and force turnovers, that would be the one spot that I could see with Arizona being able to come away with the win. And I said the same thing last week where I said, hey, this Cardinals team should beat this Packers team. However, people was like talking all saying, hey, like the Packers have laid out the blueprint for the Cardinals. Here's how you stop them. I said, well, to a point, yeah, you can see some of the areas and limitations, but you can't game plan to have Rondale Moore, you know, touch a ball that he pretends like he's, oh, oh, that didn't touch me, and turns it over on special teams, and then have A.J. Green just not look back for a pass in the end zone. Like, if you can game plan those in each week, like, please tell me, like, where I can bet money so I can actually follow through right. all of that, since you clearly will be Nostradamus here. That would be the one area where I think if the Cardinals are able to say, we're going to get aggressive, get after Jimmy, he has been prone to being able to toss the ball over or have it once or twice a fumble. It is going to come down to Chandler Jones, and that's not a matchup I think that you want if you're Arizona to see Chandler Jones on Trent Williams. He'd have to probably try to get after McGlinchey. So that would be the one place where I'd say, hey, like I'm picking the Niners to win, but if Arizona can do this and keep the ball clean with Colt McCoy and run the football effectively where he doesn't have to throw a lot, um, or even if Kyler comes in, he's had an interception or two he's put in each game that would be the place where i could see the cardinals walking away well it's been good to have you on at least want to make sure i let you go obviously there's plenty to get to for the most part uh, but make sure you can shout out to where we can either follow you for some of either the other takes i know especially when it comes down to some of the national shows and content as well uh, mostly this is a cardinals podcast but there are people who do follow most of the other sports as well getting to know what's going on um if you want to give a shout out for people who can either follow you or sometimes just you know shoot some type of uh, negative tweet or comment at you if the Cardinals do manage to prove us both wrong this week. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give yourself a plug? I love when you reach out to me and tell me when I'm wrong. Please do that. So, yeah, you can follow me at KP underscore show. I will provide you with the best dad jokes that you are ever going to hear on the Internet. Um, follow my YouTube page. Just type in Kyle Posey. I am breaking down 49ers content and just talking about a little film work there. And then I do the SB Nation NFL show where – a uh, few guys that are on SB Nation. We just talk about the entire league, and that's a little break from just talking about team-specific things. So it, it is fun, and it is entertaining. So all of that, check it out. Yeah, and if you want to send a tweet at me being angry, upset against picking against the Cardinals, you can tweet at SCOXFB yes. uh, for any complaints or any other types of problems that you'd have with all of the content for Avenger the Birds. Otherwise, follow me on Blake Murphy 7 Twitter. Only nice things go there. This has been the Revenge of the Birds podcast. We'll see you guys on the other side of Cardinals Niners Part 2.